Welcome to the Strong John Fitness Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you achieve your best body without the BS. We'll cover training, nutrition, basically everything you need for a successful fitness journey, and we'll have some fun along the way. I'm your host, John Vlahoinakos. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to episode four of the Strong Job Fitness Podcast, bringing you episodes every single week, different topics, um, sometimes some guests. But uh, today I want to do something a little different for, for my podcast, and you've probably heard episodes like this on other podcasts, and that is like a Q&A. So I reached out to my Instagram audience, and honestly, anyone who wanted to ask a question and have it answered quote unquote live on the podcast, I would cover that today. So I have a few questions I'm going to go over. A couple of them are similar, but um, yeah, let's, let's jump into it. Why not? Uh, so the first question I got was, <laughs> can you really lose fat and eat donuts? Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't interacted with me on social media or seen any of my Instagram, anything like that, I love donuts. Um, it's half of my logo. So <laughs> I do love, I do love donuts and yes, you can 100% lose fat and still eat donuts. Um, fun fact, you can eat anything and lose fat, right? The, the main thing I'm going to hammer away and, and every fitness professional is probably hammered away at this point is a calorie deficit, right? You need to make sure that over time, and not just three days. I mean, over weeks and months, you need to eat less calories than you burn. That's the bottom line. That's the principle of fat loss right there. It doesn't matter what food it is. It doesn't matter if half of your calories come from donuts. Do I recommend that? No, but the principle of things is yes, you can eat whatever you want. If you're in a calorie deficit over time, you'll lose fat. Now there are good ways and bad ways of approaching this. And I definitely do not make donuts a main part of my daily diet, right? I, I go, we go to bakeries weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, grab some donuts and enjoy them. Um, but they're not making up the most of my calories. I, I'm still getting really high protein. I'm eating 0.8 to 1 gram per pound every single day. Um, and the donuts are a treat. And depending on the donut and the place you get it from, it's 200 to 400 calories, give or take. So... One donut is not going to crush you. That's for sure. Uh, excuse me. And the bigger you are, the more calories you have to work with, the more fun you can have, the more flexibility you have. So if you see me posting about like six packs or 12 packs of donuts, understand that I'm not eating the whole thing, um, but I'm usually having two or three uh, in a day. So yes, you can absolutely lose fat and eat donuts. That doesn't mean you should make foods like donuts a mainstay in your diet. You should still have a balanced diet with whole foods, protein, vegetables, fruits. Fiber is very important um, because there's more to it than just calories in versus calories out. Yes, that's the, the basis of it all, but there's more to it than that. And that is macros. Macros are important. Next question. What supplements do you recommend? Okay, this is going to be a very short list because I am not a, a huge proponent of supplements. I feel like 
they're overused because they're easy to obtain. And like, this is not a shot at supplement companies or people who use them. It's just the majority of people that I work with and that I've talked to over the years, supplements are not a top priority or they shouldn't be a top priority for these people because they haven't got down everything else that's important when it comes to, to fat loss and getting in great shape. Before you even think about like supplements themselves, you need to make sure that your diet has been consistent. That doesn't mean you're in a diet or your nutrition and your calories and your protein. You have to be consistent for weeks. I would suggest at least your training has to be consistent. You have to be making progress, be on a program or a plan and be consistent with it for weeks. Your sleep should be a priority, whether it's seven, eight, nine hours. If your parents, I know that's hard. Even if it's six to eight, whatever you're rested with. And I don't want to hear about I'm rested with five hours. No, you're not. You need more than that. And then your, your water intake is pretty important as well. So before I even jump into supplements, make sure that those things are in check. Make sure you're consistent with your training. You're consistent with your nutrition and your sleep because no amount of supplements are really going to help you unless those things are in order. You can be taking the best legal supplement stack of all time. Emphasis on the legal. And you still wouldn't see much progress if you weren't training consistently, eating consistently, and getting enough sleep. With that being said, my number one supplement I always recommend is more of a food, in my opinion, than a supplement, and that is whey protein. Whey protein is the best protein source for, I think, for the value and for the amino acid content. It's convenient. It's a little versatile if you want to get creative with it protein pancakes and putting your oatmeal and Greek yogurt, stuff like that. Whey protein is, is incredible. It's very helpful. I use it daily, usually two scoops a day, um, as a 220 pound male. It's helpful for me because I need to get my protein up to 200 grams, give or take. So whey protein definitely helps, especially because most people have a hard time eating enough protein. Um, I just think it's, I, I don't know if it's the North American diet and what we're used to, but out of pure convenience and cravings, no one's really reaching for a chicken breast. No one's really reaching for a steak. Um, if they're reaching for red meat, it ends up being fast food, and that's not really a good source of protein, right? You're eating more fat and carbs than anything else from that. So whey protein is definitely something I recommend for pretty much all, everybody. Um, whether you're vegetarian or not, you can find other types of protein powder. If you don't want to use whey, that's fine. Um the second supplement I always, I not always recommend, but I definitely love, and it's overlooked, I think people don't understand, is caffeine. And when I say caffeine as a supplement, I don't mean you have to go and spend 50 bucks on a pre-workout. Coffee. Everybody, like, I don't want to say everybody, but who doesn't love coffee, right? Caffeine is one of the most researched performance enhancers. It's clearly everybody's favorite legal drug of all time because we all can't wake up without it. It does the same thing for your workouts. It makes you, you don't feel as tired. Um, you feel like you can conquer anything. If you've ever had a pre-workout before, you know what I'm talking about. And coffee will pretty much give you the same. Honestly, you don't have to spend the money on a pre-workout. Yes, pre-workouts have other things in them that coffee doesn't, but the majority of the benefit of pre-workout comes from caffeine. I can guarantee you 
you're not going to notice a difference if you're taking a having a coffee in your workouts and you're having like your average pre-workout with some beta alanine and some citrulline malate. When you get to a more advanced level, sure. Um, but again, it takes years of consistency to really notice a difference and, and need maybe that difference. And need is a strong term there. So definitely caffeine. And honestly, like I've had people ask me over the years, clients included, like, do you recommend pre-workout? Like what pre-workout should I get? And I tell them flat out, I personally, if you haven't had pre-workout yet, don't. That's my that's my recommendation simply because, and speaking from experience, once you start working out with pre-workout, it's really hard to work out without it. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just weak when it comes to caffeine and I need that jolt. But you feel superhuman. And anyone who's taken pre-workout in the early 2000s know what I'm talking about. Um, I guess not me. But me was 2010s. I'm not that old. Um, Jack 3D and uh, Super Pump. And there was all these pre-workouts that were just incredible. And some of them had some like extra stuff in it that nobody knew until it was studied later. So pre-workouts do help. They give you a ton of energy. Pre-workout, caffeine, 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 caffeine. <laughs> Um, so if you're, if you're going to have coffee or caffeine pre-workout, understand that your workout is going to be different. If you don't have it, like the next workout or you decide against it more than likely you're not going to feel the same. So it's really up to you, but I never really recommend someone buying pre-workouts. It's not necessary. A cup of coffee here and there. I'll do, do just fine. And lastly, I guess I could say lastly, uh, creatine monohydrate creatine monohydrate no hydroisolate or whatever the other ones are hcl you don't need them creatine monohydrate is the most studied sports supplement i think of all time it's proven over and over again to be beneficial um that's it it's very simple you can take five grams a day you can take five grams with every workout either way you're going to see benefits five grams every workout on average is about three grams a day. So you're still getting the benefits. You do not need to take it with orange juice or grape juice or however the hell they did it back in the day. You don't need to load it. Just put it in your post-workout shake if you do that. Put it in your, just drink it straight, whatever you want to do. But creatine monohydrate, five grams a day is fine. That's it. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. All these different brands and types and strategies they're you're splitting hairs right if you're listening to this you're likely not a, an advanced lifter i'll be honest and that's fine um that's not who i speak to most times the advanced lifters can benefit more from splitting hairs the average trainee who either has a family or just likes to go to the gym it's a hobby trying to get in shape trying to get their energy back that sort of thing you do not need to be splitting hairs and you might not even need creatine monohydrate right? It's not necessarily for everyone. It has benefits, but in the grand scheme of things, again, supplements do not even fall on the top three priority list for anybody because you have to have your training, nutrition, and sleep in order first, in my opinion. Um, I mean, there's other supplements. I don't, I don't really recommend much for people. I always tell people like to get their blood work done. Um, there's always supplements I don't recommend test boosters, fat burners, detoxes, cleanses, all that stuff is bullshit. I'm not going to lie to you there. If anyone is selling test boosters, 
fat burners, cleanses, detoxes, run the other way, block, unfollow, whatever. It's not happening. Um, that's that. Another question I got, this is an interesting one. And it's like, there's like two questions that are almost the same. So one question was, I only lost three pounds last month. I feel like that's not good enough. What else should I be doing? So first of all, I mean, it's not a lot of information for me. I feel like there's this like false way of thinking that you have to lose one pound a week or you're failing. And that's completely false. There are so many things that are more important in a fitness journey than what the scale says. The only reason why the scale is, is so prominent is because it's an easy marker of progress. Even though it's such a small marker of progress. I've had clients have the scale not budge for two weeks, three weeks. But those progress pictures showed a difference. They looked different. And that happens. The scale is it can be a liar with water retention and everything else that impacts the scale. It's such a small marker of progress, but we put so much emphasis on it. If you weigh three pounds less this month than you did last month, how are you not winning? How is that not progress right now? Right. And this goes deeper into like false expectations and, and things were programmed by, I guess, by media and old dieting history or something like that. Like you do not need to lose 10 pounds a month to be successful. Those people who claim they're losing 10 pounds a month are going to gain that back right away. I can pretty much guarantee you that. So don't stress about, oh, don't, I only lost three pounds. No, you lost three pounds in a month. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. That means you're probably not living a super restrictive lifestyle. You're enjoying your, your training, your eating. It seems like you're having like a, it'd be a good journey, right? Because you're not being so restrictive. The people who are super restrictive, well, yeah, I lost eight pounds this month and five pounds last week. No shit. Because you cut out all your carbohydrates and you, you're miserable. I don't want anyone to be miserable. I'd rather you had a great month mentally, physically. You got stronger in your workouts. Your clothes fit better. You're getting compliments. Maybe you have more energy, less pain, and you only and you lost three pounds. That's great. To me, those are all wins. There are so many more important things in a fitness journey, fat loss or not, than trying to adhere to a one pound a week because everyone's different. And one pound a week is not a gold standard. It's, it can be an average, but the average takes into account thousands of people. Like it's not everyone needs to lose a pound a week to see success, to be successful in a fat loss journey. That's not how it is. And that kind of taps into the next question and said, how many pounds should I expect to lose per month? And while I would love to give you a black and white answer to that, I can. There is no answer to that. A better question that I'm going to ask you is, what's your, what is your lifestyle like? Are you training consistently? Are you eating consistently? Do you know how many calories you're getting in? What is the long, what do you want to look like six to 12 months from now? Like picture yourself six to 12 months from now, because I can put everybody on an ultra restrictive diet for 12 weeks and, and people can lose 20, 30, 40 pounds. Sure. Then what happens after that? Then what? 
it's moot because you're not going to be able to sustain that lifestyle. And that's why I harp on restrictive diets. They don't work long term. Same thing with meal plans. I refuse to give strict meal plans to clients. They do not need them. Most people who come to me have already dealt with meal plans in the past. And the reason why they've gained weight again is because they couldn't stick to the meal plans for longer than, I don't know, a month, three months, depending on the person. They're not helpful. We're not robots. I can't program you to eat the same thing every day and you can only eat these 10 foods. That's not how it works. There's a reason why I can eat donuts every week and not gain weight, not gain unwanted body fat. Or I can lose weight if I really wanted to push a deficit. It's because of years of a consistency. And that's not perfection. That's learning my lessons I had in the past from, from eating ultra restrictive during the week and then binging on the weekend and wondering why the fuck am I not losing any fat? It's a lifestyle. It needs to be a lifestyle. That doesn't mean perfection. You're not going to be in a deficit every day. You're going to have days you feel like shit. You're going to have days you feel amazing. You have good training days, bad training days, good eating days, not so good eating days, but you get over it and you move on. That's, and I know I went on a super tangent here, but it, it drives me a little bit insane where these strict timelines just come out and out of nowhere. And it's the same thing for people who like want to get, uh, lose 20 pounds for a wedding or lose 10 pounds for vacation. That's cool and all, but like what happens after that date is done? Because I'll tell you the amount of brides I've seen that lost weight for their wedding and gained it all right back after it's all too common because you're just setting yourself up for failure after that one day. Now, granted, I did a photo shoot in uh, early October before the gyms shut down in Toronto. Um, and I wanted to get as lean as I possibly could. And I wasn't as lean as maybe I could have been, but I also wasn't as strict as I should have been the month before. Right. I kind of did two weeks. I went a little bit more restrictive for a couple weeks just to really get super lean for that one day. But at 31 years old, I have 15 years in this of experience. So I, I knew after that photo shoot day what to do so I wouldn't gain a whole bunch of fat. That's the key in all this. I don't ever set expectations on how many pounds per month. Because you know what's more, more important? What you feel about yourself at the end of each month, six months, next year, the year after that. Because if I can work with someone, even if it's for just for 12 weeks, and they can set themselves up with the habits that will last them two, three, four, five years, and they don't have to diet again, right in the money. It's perfect. That's what I want for everyone. There's too many trainers out there giving out strict meal plans and expecting the world of clients for 12 weeks and to be perfect only for them to go off the rails after 12 weeks is up because they can't keep it up. That's not their lifestyle. And anyone who wants to lose fat this year into next year, like start, like say you want to start in January, do yourself a favor and don't cut foods out. And as you're listening to this, I have a blog coming out pretty soon. Honestly, forget the date um, about this. I have a podcast scheduled for next week about this, about 
about how to start. Um, as a super tangent, but I'm going to get to the next question because I don't want to take too long. And it's, it's directly related. It's how do I stay motivated over the holidays? Yeah. So you're not going to be motivated. I mean, when I hear how do I stay motivated, it usually means that the person themselves can't stick to a diet, which is usually too restrictive, or they don't have a plan or a program to follow. And they don't really have any targets. They don't have habits set up or goals set up or anything like that. So they're kind of just lost in the woods and they're trying to rely on motivation to get them going and keep them going. And I think that's where a lot of people falter. Motivation is a fleeting emotion. It's not, it's going to come and go. You're going to have days where you're not motivated to do anything. And those days are going to be the make or break it for you over time. Right? Your every workout's not going to be good. I'll guarantee you that. But the days you can show up, just put the work in and go home. You're fine. That's the win right there. The days where you're motivated and you're hitting your calories and you're hitting your protein, you're crushing your workout. Those days are easy, but they're far. They're few and far between. They're not common. I'll tell anybody who's been in shape and has been consistent for a long time. Anyone you look up to, whether on Instagram or whatever, who's in great shape, ask them. They're not motivated all the time, but they're disciplined because they've created the habits that got them to where they they are. And it's easy because they've created the lifestyle that they want. So how do I stay motivated over the holidays? You don't. You understand that you're going to have days where you're going to overeat your calories. It's going to happen. But you are in control of all the other days in between those days. Like Just because it becomes Christmas Eve doesn't give you the right to just eat like shit for 10 days not train and expect a different result after the fact you're going to feel worse. So my advice, create some habits now, get up at the same time every day, schedule your workouts ahead of time, plan your meals ahead of time, log your calories, make sure you're getting protein at every meal. I hope you're taking notes. These things are going to benefit you long-term. You're not going to lose 10 pounds from now to the end of the year. Just if that's what you're thinking, just get that out of your head. It's not going to happen. You're probably not going to lose two pounds from now to the end of the year. And that's fine. It's not about that. It's about creating the habits that are going to last because if you have a fat loss goal now, you're going to have a fat loss goal in, in January. So would you rather create and build the habits that are going to last you now into January? Or would you rather just say, screw it, I'm going to eat and drink whatever over the next couple of weeks and then I'll start fresh in January when you're 10 pounds heavier? and in a worse place starting off, right? I know it sounds harsh, but sometimes you need it, right? Um, you're not going to be motivated to exercise over the holidays. You're not going to be motivated. You're definitely not going to be motivated to, to eat uh, a healthy whole food balanced diet every day throughout the holidays. And that's normal. But if you're listening to this on the day it's released, you got two weeks, you got a, a week and a bit till what, 10 days till Christmas, nine days till Christmas day. That's a week. That's a week of, of good habits. There's nothing wrong with that. Christmas Day, you're going to eat too much. That's fine. New Year's Day, same thing. But it's not about those single days. It's about every other day. Right? If we went through the calendar, how many really, how many holidays are there really? I'm not going to sit here and try to count them out for you. Ten? I don't know. The one per month? Toss in a birthday? 
toss in a wedding, toss in an anniversary. Out of 365 days, what is there, 20 to 30 maybe that you can kind of give yourself an okay? I'm like, okay, I'm going to overeat for sure. 30 days, so that's 10%. Less than 10%, really. Right? What you do in all the other days matters so much more. So my long-winded advice to you is honestly build some habits. All the ones I listed earlier, take notes, build some habits because the habits and the discipline you create are going to build the body you want and be able to keep it this time. If you've tried to lose fat in the past or if you've tried diets in the past and you lost some weight, but it didn't stick, it didn't work. So you need to shift. Stop relying on motivation. Take advantage of it when it's there. That's fine. If you feel motivated to go for a run, fucking go for it. If you feel motivated to, to go harder in the gym or stick to your protein and make protein smoothies or whatever it is, jump on that, but don't expect it to last because the days where you don't feel like doing anything are going to be the most important days of the entire journey. When you wake up and you're like, I don't want to train today, but you do it anyways. The days where you're like, I don't feel like tracking anything. I'm just going to eat whatever. Those days are huge. Those days are so much more important than the days you're motivated. So I'm going to leave you with that. If you, uh, if you want to be involved in the next Q and a, um, you can drop me a line on Instagram anytime, but I usually put out one of those like text boxes. Um, and if you have any questions, again, email me, DM me, not a problem. Strong John fitness is my Instagram handle. Uh, John at strongjohnfitness.com is the email. And, um, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it, subscribe to it. I'd love to have some feedback. If you want to give me a rating, an honest review on, uh, on iTunes, Apple podcasts, I'd love that. I would appreciate it. Other than that, thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next one.